everybody and welcome to podcast number 67. Today I have with me an English comedy writer and stand-up comedian, winning various awards for his humour, such as ITV's Take the Mic Award, and was a finalist in the BBC's New Comedy Awards and the Daily Telegraph's Open Mic Awards. In addition to regularly contributing to BBC Radio 2's Calls for Thought segments and British sitcom Miranda, as writer of Not Going Out, he won the Golden Rose of Montreux, the Royal Television Society Award for Writing. He's proud to be part of the Christian Comedy Mafia. It's Paul Carenza. Welcome, Paul. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. That's that's very nice. I can't take issue with many of those things you said, but uh, I've never known of it as a mafia before. That's nice. Though. I like that. <laughs> And and I have a share in those awards. I'd like to think they're all behind me, but no, I'm one, one of many people involved with those shows. So that's uh, but all, all nice to do. All good, all good. But you were a part of it. So, but yeah. you were actually born in Truro. Correct. So, and and you were born as Paul Young, but so yes. Carenza is your stage name. But how did you come up with Carenza? Well, I'm glad you asked. It was It was my mum's dog's name at the time. And uh, when I realised that, you know, I wanted to make a bit of a go of it on stage, uh, Paul Young, he's, he's the pop star from the 80s, wherever I lay my hat and all that sort of thing. As I still find, whenever I go to the bank and pay a check-in or something, uh, oh, Paul Young, like the pops. Yes, indeed. Yes, yes. Uh, so that had to go. So my mum's dog was Carenza. And I thought, well, it's a nice name. It's a, it's a Cornish name. And I'm proud of my Cornish roots. So and I, it is a girl's name, technically. But I thought John Hanna, he's got a girl's name. It's all right. You know, so nothing some good girls names that work as surnames so I went with Carenza but made a rookie error pick a name that people can spell that's what I should have done <laughs> ah right mm. but it's, it's good it's not done you any harm whatsoever and so did you move to Guildford with your family because you actually studied at the Royal Guildford Grammar School or was... I went to so yeah we were up in uh in Surrey which is where I am now still in Guildford and uh so I grew up here and and I went to school here and I've never really left. I went to I went away to university and I did drama school back in Guildford. And my friends are in Guildford, so I thought I'll stay in Guildford. But really, they've all, all left Guildford now. And I'm a in theory, I'm a comedian when the gigs are happening. So I could live anywhere. And yet still here we are. So I've just, you know, this is where we've settled. Wherever you've laid your hat, that's your home. Uh, my hats, I've got hats. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So and um you did actually um, go off to Nottingham and you studied theology mm. there. So were you brought up in a Christian family at all or just? Not really. No, um, I've also, my parents weren't church people, but they were uh, what we could call village people. They weren't, you know, a, a, a builder and a you know cowboy and all those sort of uh, YMCA. But they were, it was village life, you know, in a leafy Surrey village. It was like the village of Dibley in the county of Midsummer. That's <laughs> kind of, you know, where my childhood was. And so my parents weren't particularly churchy, but they were, you know, it's like our village was six pubs in a church and you had to do all of them every weekend. <laughs> so that meant a lot of pubs. And also I was in the church choir and I was in the youth group and the scouts. I think it was just free childcare, really. My parents put me into everything just to get me out of the house. And uh, I came back going, oh, it's good stuff, this church. And I think they were like, well, that wasn't the idea, but all right, fair enough. So, <laughs> so when was it that you first got involved with comedy? Well, yeah, I mean, professionally, after drama school, when they sat us down and they said, just so you know, half of you will never get on stage again, but thanks for the money. And, uh, you know, good luck to you. So then, you, then I sort of thought, well, I can't, you know, I've done a year of acting, but I'm not very good at it. So then they say, anything you can do, sing, dance, speak French, roller skate, 
put it on your CV. And I thought, I can't do any of those things. So I tried stand-up comedy once just to really put it on the CV for comedy acting jobs. And I loved it. I thought, this is, this is great. Uh, I went from there. I haven't really looked back. But that, that was 20, 20 years ago this year. But, um, but that was professionally. But before then, really, I was doing writing little sketches for school assemblies, you know, as a, as a 12 year old and, and any chance in our little village thing, you know, village panto, or I was there as like, you know, 12, 13, 14, just getting any chance to get any sort of jokes out there. That, that was me. Yeah. And you do actually have a party trick, don't you? Which you came up with when you were around 13 with, uh, with a name from a Monty Python sketch. Can you, <laughs> yes. can you still say that? I wonder where you were going with it. Yeah. <laughs> I um no so because I was part of the comedy geeks and at my school I mean it wasn't an official name but you know you, you find your tribe don't you and my tribe it turns out was um the comedy geeks lots of different flavors of geek you've got your board game geeks you've got a computer game whatever sci-fi and I found that the old comedy geeks and it was old BBC comedies Goon Show Python I'm sorry I'll read that again uh, around the world, all those classic things so we used to exchange cassette tapes by the lockers and things like that and yeah, because you, you had the Monty Python script book and you just would just remember the sketches, wouldn't you? Memorise the sketches. And one of them was a Monty Python sketch about the longest name in the world. And the the joke was um, that people remember the, remember the name of many names. People remember the name of Beethoven and Mozart, but people have forgotten the name of Johann Gamble-Putty, Devon Ausfen, Splendenschlitter, Kraskenbord, Freidigger, Dingle Dangle, Dongle Dangle, Burstein, Von Nackathrasher, Applebanker, Korovitz, Grand Lensic, Tiger Lensic. No, nah, that's not right. That's not right. I got halfway. I got halfway. I need one more go. I need one more go. Come on. Okay, one more go. I can do this. Okay, I'm not reading this. I can do this. Okay, right. Hang on. We're getting the zone. It's been years since I've done this. Right. They've forgotten the name of Johann Gamble-Putty, Von Ausfen, Splendenschlitter, Kraskenbod, Freidigger, Dingle Dangle, Dongle Dangle, Burstein, Von Nackathrasher, Applebanger, Horvitz, Grand Lensic, Tiger Lensic, Grand Lottich, Feltiger, Grand Grunberg, Speltabasser, Kerbeck, Himbeleisen, Barnberger, Natberger, Spertel, then Hauptkopf of Ulm. I got it wrong again in the middle, but that's <laughs> going to bother me all day now. I'm going to practice. <laughs> practice. It's a couple of words wrong in the middle there, but the most of it was right. But no one else would have noticed, Paul, I can assure you. Ah. That was that was genius. Sorry. And um, so, you now we have actually seen you perform. It was about six years ago, and you came to Christchurch in Surbiton and did a church fundraiser. And at that time, I think you also did a little bit of magic. I don't do magic. Would I have done magic? Maybe I tried it once. I don't know. <laughs> I'll try anything, you know. But, kind of, uh, yeah. Sort of a number in a book and a, all the rest. Anyway. You know what? I, I have done some mathsy-based stuff. I've done some flip chart things involving maths before because anything that I just, especially also find if you're doing church kind of shows or any of those longer solo yeah. shows, I think anything to change the pace and change the mood and change, you know, so if you're doing too much stand up, get a prop, you know, if you've got a screen, use that, if you've got a flip chart, you, especially if you're doing over an hour or something, you want to, um, you know, even, even for the best, you look at Jimmy Carr, right? And even yeah. though he's top of his game, he'll do 20 minutes of standing in front of the mic, then he'll move and sit down in a chair, then he'll go behind a desk and he's doing the same sort of jokes, but he's varying up a bit. So yeah, if there was ever an attempt to do any sort of magic or, or mathematic, indeed it may have been, uh, then um, then yeah, it's just to kind of change the pace of what we're doing. That was good. My sister's seen you at quite a few of the um, Spring Harvest festivals. Oh, yes. And I said, um, you're not gonna know her, but she, she said, oh no, I've seen him. He seems like a nice chap. 
that was her comment. So seems, seems, yeah. Seems. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, you were doing your stand-up gigs, but that's taken a bit of a back seat at the moment because you've been doing a lot of writing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's taken a backseat largely because of the pandemic, but at the same time, I'm, I've been lucky in a way because I've been fairly adaptable that for a good what, 15 years or so now, I've really done been half stand-up, half writer. So in the last year, I've just kind of dialed up the writing as the stand-up has automatically sort of dialed down and, and a bit of radio, a bit of broadcasting cut stuff as well. But I've been writing... Um, in fact, yes, since I started stand-up, I was sending jokes off to radio shows, and that then led to working on things like uh, the News Hudlines, Radio 2, and then the News Quiz, the Now Show, which then got me to meet Lee Mack, got me to go to TV with him. He sort of said, oh, I'm working on this sitcom, not going out. It's like, take me with you to TV where I hear the streets are paved with gold. And um, it's not completely true, turns out. But then I then got to know Miranda Hart doing Not Going Out. So all of the people I've ended up working with really have been some sort of linear route from those first radio shows I'd send in, in jokes for, really. So it's just bumping into the right people, being available, being nice, right place, right time, all that sort of thing. So, excellent. So um, now, as well as writing the TV shows, you have also written um, books such as A Comedian Walks Into a Church, but you're writing children's books. Now, well, mm. the one I, the bit I actually got stuck on when I was trying to research you was Noah's Art Car Park. And I listened to you tell the story. <laughs> and they're brilliant. They are absolutely fantastic. So how did that come about? Yeah, so... Um... Uh, I can't remember the, exactly how they began, really, but yeah, Noah, Noah's, Noah's Car Park Art was the very first one, and that was—I mean—the idea came about because I was reading lots of bedtime stories to my kids, and uh, you know, once you've read a few hundred of them, a few <laughs> thousand even, you realise what works and what doesn't. And we realised that we like rhyming books, but ones where the rhymes kind of where they stick at it, because a lot of rhyming books they start rhyming and then they give up halfway through, or try and rhyme things like cheese with police or something it doesn't quite rhyme God. um but it does give me an idea the cheese police no um so noah's car park up we like the idea of that one and we thought lots lots of fun pictures as well noah's stacking the animals on like it's a car park that all sort of works and yeah i was chatting to a, a publisher one day they got in touch i think someone may have come to a gig i was doing and said have you ever thought of of doing uh, children's books because that's what they wanted to do and i said well you know i was thinking about noah's car park arc and of course they great let's do that one so um that was the first one we've done four in that series now and the as of literally yesterday i've got my latest uh, uh, children's book has arrived in the post and that's called planet protectors it's for slightly older children and it's about looking after the planet so uh, yeah just always looking for new ideas and i'm pitching some other children's some secular children's books actually i'm working on at the minute uh, a christmas children's book and uh, which sounds not secular but it's not it's father christmas rather than nativity and uh yeah and some other yeah non-religious general mainstream children's book ideas that are out there on publishers and commissioners desks as we speak so here's hoping brilliant graham is there anything that you'd like to ask um yes on your your style for writing do you find writing when you let's say you're writing with lee mack or for dead ringers or for any of the other big let's say the tv programs do you, do you start with the idea at home or you go into a room and then you develop the idea and go away? Or is it all developed, let's say, on the spot? Yeah, it's mostly, um, in a way, unfortunately, from, from obviously we're all working from home in many ways this year. Or many people are. A lot of writing stuff has shifted online 
where it was in person, but actually not going out. We've been doing that remotely from home, from our homes for well over probably 10 years now. Our first couple of seasons, we'd go into a room together, you know, commute up, sit there, lots of coffee, lots of spitballing ideas. But after about season three onwards, I think when Lee got a bit busier, uh, he sort of sent us all home and said, let's do it remotely from now on, which has its benefits. The commute is certainly easier um, from one room to the other. But you do miss out on, I mean, things like Miranda Hart as it was a guest uh, character in Not Going Out. And that really came about because one day we're writing uh, in the room together and Lee, because he's the producer as well, was sort of struggling with the casting. He said, yeah, we need some, a funny actress for this particular part. And I, I suggested Miranda. I'd seen her in a different TV show. She wasn't famous. I had to actually look up her name to see what she was called. Uh, recommended her. They auditioned her. She got the part. She became a regular, got her own series. But all that sort of stuff came about because we were in the room together, just chatting through ideas. So those those sort of water cooler moments, whatever your business, doesn't have to be writing, you know. But those are the things you do miss out on a bit, I think, if you're all working remotely. So I'm hoping that, you know, forget write, the writing industry, industries as a whole will cling on to a little bit of people gathering in a room together and chatting over coffee rather than just yeah. doing the work on a zoom call you know yeah. do, you, do you prefer which which element of um you do you actually prefer difficult to say difficult to say. i think the thing is i generally speaking i follow my fascinations so at the minute um for the last year i've been immersing myself in the origins of the bbc you know the very early radio shows how it started, who started it, especially because I started, I just was reading, in fact, I did a book on the history of Christmas a few years ago. And in doing that, I was discovering about the early BBC and realising that the first, um, the first children's, the first voice of the BBC, in fact, was also the first children's presenter and the first programme director. And he was the first actor in the first play and all those sort of things. And you think, yeah, it was like one person running around doing 20 <laughs> jobs. Um, you know, the first, BBC Christmas they had four members of staff but 30,000 listeners and then you start thinking who were these four and it turns out they didn't get on they mostly hated each other so <laughs> suddenly I'm going right there's a sitcom in that there's a novel in that there's a podcast in that so I'm trying to write all three at once and uh, see where we go so I I particularly enjoy finding a nice story and you know you can find an idea and you think is that a joke is that a a play is it a sitcom is it a book is it a song is it a tweet you know different ideas have become different lengths uh, naturally by by their nature so yeah finding a good story and uh and going for it really do you, do you like um so when 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 you're watching comedy and you're actually going let's say let's say whether it's on zoom through to live comedy or staged comedy comedy what what do you look for as as in paul carenza what makes you say god that's good I like a joke. It's it's old fashioned, I know, but I like a good old fashioned. And I don't do enough of them, um, partly because I found I couldn't sell them. I couldn't make it work as me. You know, I, I got groans if I was doing one liners. <laughs> but I love Tim Vine, Milton Jones, you know, Tommy Cooper, Bob Monkhouse. I love a good old fashioned one liner, partly because they're so brief. You know, I've got a sponge door. Don't knock it. Brilliant. <laughs> you know, that's like three seconds of my life. If I didn't like it, it doesn't matter. There's another one longer in a minute. Um, <laughs> I think you're ready to make the move from, let's say, from, from the platform, from the TV, now to the big screen. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm ready for the call. When Spielberg calls, I'll be there to answer it. Um, 
yeah i've i've i mean i've got on the you know ideas half started uh scripts and half started pitches and things for a variety of things and yeah I've got a couple of film ideas underway but very early on a writing friend of mine james carey advised me saying you know if you've got a, a film idea it's you fine you can do that but bear in mind he said that you know stage is probably the easiest thing because you can hire a venue get a cast <laughs> put it on radio's got a couple more hurdles than that it's not easy but you've got about you know five or ten hurdles to get through tv is like 30 hurdles and film is like you're going to do all that but you've also got to finance it and distribute it and all of those things at least tv has got its own sort of just inbuilt distribution channels make it and it's on but film you've got to make it and then you've got to convince cinemas and you know all that stuff so it's harder work in that sense, but yeah. um, but then nowadays with YouTube, anyone can you can make a film, put it online. So maybe with um, your degree in theology, do you ever think? Do you ever see yourself going into the ministry? No, I thought about it a while ago. I you know, and every now and then someone says, "Oh, you should consider that." And I think well, I could do, but I think I do think my calling, if you want to call it that, or where I'm best suited is kind of. But I, I do think one foot in the church and one foot out, I think is nice. I think. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of church events um, and, you know, I'm, I'm one of the trustees of um, uh, a group Christians in media who, who sort of go for these things and, um, you know, just kind of keep an eye out for people in the industry and, and also not just people, but, you know, those sort of faith issues and things when you're doing uh, not just Christianity, but you know, all the religions, you know, there is a tendency that the media can sometimes be a little bit, um, uh, tricky in how to talk about those things you know uh they want to get things right they don't want to offend but at the same time they want to talk about it in a genuine way so i think things like that are worth keeping an eye on and there aren't many people who do them so i am certainly fascinated by the way those things happen but i think that's my role i don't think i'm there to you know run a church um or um have a flock so to speak i think it's best that i'm doing what i'm doing probably and and how can actually people follow you so if they think wow that was a brilliant podcast i've got to follow this chap it's it's ironic you say that straight after the uh, the faith leader thing follow me <laughs> I'm, new no, I'm, not. I'm not that i'm not brian um no uh yeah I'm, well you know what I, I used to say come to the website but i don't i don't think people do websites anymore. i mean i i'm you know i've got a website paulcarenza.com but really it's about twitter facebook and you know all the youtubes and things like that just search for my name really and, you know yeah. google it ask jeeves alta vista whatever your search engine of choice is nowadays i'm trying to bring back the old ones yeah. uh yeah i'm there doing my thing it does come up brilliant thank you very much graham had you finished your questions yes no that was fine thank you Brilliant. And, any questions from the dog? What are the, what are the dog? <laughs> are Paul, that has been brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you, listeners, for listening. Thank you. Bye. This has been a podcast recording for Whole Lot of Comedy.